It's like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And we are on our last episode of 2019, finishing out our Through the Cracks theme. These were movies that we that came out this year that we almost missed, but we just uh, caught them just before the year ended. And tonight's episode will focus our review on Her Smell, directed by Alex Ross Perry. Uh, we'll get more into that and our thoughts on it later in the episode. We like to start off talking about um, other things that... Uh, man, sorry, I just opened Instagram and Fred Durst was in my feed and I was just like... Um, uh, man, my brain completely shut down. Um, we like to talk about what we've been doing since the last time we recorded and what else we've been watching. So, Corey, um, there's a lot. You know, I'm on Christmas break right now. Uh, for like day, technically day one, I guess, because it was the weekend and today's Monday. But, um, listeners, that's a little behind the scenes. We record on Mondays, but I did have to work this evening, so we're recording much later than normal. Uh, at my other job and man some customers are super rude because they waited till the last minute to go shopping oh dude i do not miss that at all it's like mm. it's, i'm not the reason you're here today like remember that i would prefer or, you weren't here like that they get mad that you're sold out of something that's been on sale forever and yeah. here they are the day before christmas or a couple days before exactly it is frustrating and i you know and it's, i don't mind helping people but it's like don't be rude like don't come at me like i've done something wrong because you came late uh that's not how this works but um yeah uh i also you know i've been trying to get caught up on some movies um i went to one earlier today which we'll talk about momentarily but um you know getting ready for christmas i did some last minute shopping uh kathy and i went uh she was off on a saturday it was the first saturday in like 20 years that she was off before christmas like the saturday before christmas um just because she's always worked retail and she works retail right now but she by coincidence was off the saturday and she was like loving it and like kind of like surprised by it i guess it's been a while and so we went out um we kind of ended up going shopping that wasn't the plan but we had to get something for to her to finish a, a christmas present she made for um well aunt bobby for you um it's really cool. I won't say what it is, just in case Bobby listens to this. Um, <laughs> I mean, just in case. Uh, but yeah. um, we were like, we were, you know, walking around, and um, one, she made me carry her wallet, and I was like looking at her wallet, and I'm like, man, this thing's really falling apart. I'm gonna buy her a wallet, and so like I opened up Amazon, so like I'm walking behind her, and I'm like shopping for her. On Amazon <laughs> I love I, it. Uh, you know, Prime's like guaranteed it would be here tomorrow. So like, yes. and actually most of it came today, but there's like a couple of things still coming tomorrow. But so like, she's really been on like a sloth kick. And so like, I got her this really cool sloth wallet. And then I was like, I ended up on a sloth thing. So I got her like a sloth lunchbox so she can take her lunch to work. It's like a bento box lunchbox too. So it oh, nice. like, insulated, but it, it comes out with a little storage container thing. I thought it was really cool. And then I got her like some sticky note, like sloth sticky note things, and then like a makeup bag with sloths all over it. And then um, we were uh, in this, well, I don't even know what the store was, but it's super fancy. We ended up getting Taylor this like really nice ring um, in this fancy store. But while we were there, there was like these little bracelets, and they had different like um, mental health 
like or it was different causes but one of them was mental health and that's been like a really big thing for kathy this year and uh i didn't think about that so like i ended up looking on amazon and found like a really cool necklace that like you know it's, it's a i think it's a semicolon is the like symbol that they're going with um and so i got her a ring and this uh, necklace that you know those will be here tomorrow so like uh, those ideas just kind of spark while we were out shopping and i thought it was cool because she's sometimes hard to shop for um she's not as like into nerdy things like she likes nerdy things but like there's not people know i love movies like you can granted buying me a movie probably not a good idea i probably own it but buying me any movie paraphernalia good chance i'm going to love it you know like one of my um, very long-term students bought me a bunch of stickers and they're all like movie posters and they are amazing including it's a wonderful life so like one of my top five movies of all time because it's, it's like random movie posters but it's they're really oh, cool, cool stickers um and uh there's like 50 of them too like it's a bunch of like a lot of them are disney movies but still like they're awesome old school posters i have so many alice in wonderland ones um like different ones too like uh but there's really cool and um so stuff like that easy to shop for me because if it's movie related i'm probably gonna love it and pop finals have made that like infinitely possible right because there's so many pops um and then but for her it's always a little bit of a challenge so like it was cool like when we were out like she was browsing the things and i'm just like behind her ordering stuff but <laughs> like this will work um and then uh but yeah we we went out and did that we we ate at uh, burger 21 you ever is there there i think it's a chain i don't know how if they're out in idaho or whatnot but um <clears throat> they're like a, a a little bit overpriced upscale burger type place um they have like a lot of like organic gluten-free type things and they have um, burgers of all kinds though like i got um it's it's cool because they have a lot of options so you can do like the wedgie burgers or you know depending on where you go they have different names for the lettuce wrap burgers um but i did get a regular bun because like they had a buffalo chicken sandwich that was only 500 calories 500 something calories uh just for the sandwich but the the hard part for me is usually the sides at places like this because they usually only have fries this place had onion strings Mm-hmm. but they were like lightly breaded and they somehow the side of onion strings you got were only 80 calories um what yeah and they were they were like very very lightly breaded and it i would say barely fried but they were really good and i was like okay i have a i have a cool side now i can get at this place um i'm sure you know there's a few more carbs I, i'm i've gone off of the keto thing for about a month and a half i'm focused on whole grain which those probably were not whole grain now that i think about it probably the reason not to get those again but um you know i'm focused not eating uh enriched ble- bleached flour that like so because that's bad but like all whole grains are supposed to be really good heart healthy uh i've become a big fan of instant oatmeal in the last month and a half um but my goal Corey, i am two pounds away from having lost yes! 90 pounds this year and i want to get those two pounds off before the new year so that's going to be my big push for the last week um christmas is going to ruin the beginning yeah. of it but then i'll be okay um you know uh, we are doing a very untraditional Christmas dinner. We're making steaks. Us too. What are you doing? We well, last year we did it, and then we all liked it, so we're doing it again this year. Um, we're having Mexican food. Ooh. Um, last year I think that we might have, they might have made like enchiladas, and then I made like spicy black beans on the side, and then cilantro lime rice. I make really good cilantro lime rice, um, and I made both of those sides this year. I kind of like hinted at the idea of a taco bar but i don't know if that's what they went with but i i love it too like Very non-traditional cool. do you make uh, the rice in like a rice cooker or like um traditional? i need to t- 
I need to tell you what a grown ass woman I am now. So I don't ever talk about my age and I'm not going to talk about my age right now, but I, (laughs) until this year, I was not able to cook proper rice. Like if it didn't come in a 10 minute boil and bag, your girl couldn't cook it because it was either mushy or crunchy or it just wasn't ever right. right. Yeah. So I'm a pro at making jasmine rice now. Okay. And it's so good. And my one of my coworkers was like, so rice is really starchy and you need to rinse it before you put it in the pot. Yep. So I follow all the rules, but I like rinse the rice super, super, super good. And ever since I've done that and I now I can make rice and that just happened this year, guys. So <laughs> when you, what are you using go. to rinse it? Did you buy a special strainer? Because that's where I always ran into problems. This is like, oh, I I didn't buy a special one. I have two different um, like strainers, and one of them is a very fine like metal yeah. mesh one, and I just use that. I just need to buy that one. I just have like the spaghetti strainers basically, and the, the rice just goes right through that. So yeah, um, I have accidentally tried it with my other one before, not thinking and. Yeah, I tried to like line with paper towels, but then the water just sits; it doesn't yeah. filter enough. So, but um, I use the rice cooker, and then I got we got we bought an instant pot, um, which also acts as a rice cooker. But I haven't tried rice in it yet. But um, yeah, the rice cooker is the best because uh, it's super easy, and you can make a lot of rice very quickly. And it uh, you can ba- as long as you pour the right amount of water you can't overcook it because it will or undercook it. It will always oh um, the rice cooker. It's uh it's built on weight so like as the water dehydrates it knows when it's cooked um what? yeah the rice cookers are the way to go if you're making a lot of rice for sure um i don't know i haven't tried any kind of infused rice though like with cilantro or whatever but like you can do anything after the fact but yeah that's what you do anyway oh, um yeah. you just cook it first i just don't like having a lot of stuff which i guess if you looked at my house you wouldn't really know that but like single use I, tools yeah I get that, but at one point I was eating a lot of rice, and it made perfect sense. And now Taylor and Kathy eat a lot of rice, so it works out. But um, and it's like super easy for them because they again, as long as they know how to measure the the water to rice ratio, it's impossible to mess up. And the instant pot is a multi optional thing, and so that's why I'm I'm leaning towards like I wanted. I haven't made rice since I bought it, so I haven't tried it yet. But it's it's supposed to do rice really well as well. Um, also, but. I should try that. I've used my Instapot one time. Hmm. Yeah, uh, it should have an option. Um, but uh, anything else been going on for Christmas? Have you done anything cool or Christmassy? Um, well, was it this last, not this one, but the one before? Uh, we have, I mean, I don't know if we talked about this, but we have a tradition also with my family that me and my cousin, my aunt, get together every year and we bake a ton of cookies. Oh. And then, like, from scratch, guys, this is not Pillsbury dough that you cut slices of. Um, and then we just give those to some people for gifts. So, um, and also keep a few at home because if I have a lot, I'll eat them all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Corey, you don't know. It's been, that's, I've been so weak with my sugar intake this week. Um, our culinary department at my the high school I work at, every year for the last three or four years, they they make Christmas cookies and they sell, like, a box of Christmas cookies. And I did not buy one this year. This is the first year I've not bought one. And Kathy was super mad at me because we don't Oh, bake. no! Um, and by luck, uh, they always have extra boxes. And so I bought one before we left. Um, 
for break and i cannot resist it like i'm not like gout like i'm not eating a bunch each day but i've had at least one or two each day and that's more sugar than i've had most of the year i know and it's like i used to eat a lot of sugar and now i don't eat a lot like a whole lot of sugar and some stuff just like knocks me out um like nauseous or just not feeling good but that like i only brought bill and i like 10 or so cookies home they only lasted a couple days um between the two of us but if i because i love sweets yeah you know i have a sweet tooth and it has been this week uh has been like i've been good all year basically and then this week uh and i'm maybe even a little longer than a week um because we had stuff at work and and i've just been like well it's christmas but i am I yeah am, but still i've lost weight because i'm still like working out and i'm i'm the the other job has me running around a lot like i get anytime i work i hit at least ten thousand steps easily you know um if i'm at the retail job uh and that i still usually hit the gym I, I didn't go to the gym today but like yesterday i went and i'm going tomorrow morning um, you know, so I, I'm, and I've, I've upped my gym from three to five because my Polk State classes are on, are done for the semester. So oh, I'm nice. trying to add at least two days of cardio to my routine as well. Um, like straight cardio, like just on the treadmill, but like hitting the heart rates and stuff. And, uh, a goal for 29, uh, 2020, I'm sorry. Wow. It's almost 2020 goal for 2020 is, uh, Kathy pushed for it. And I, I quickly said, yes, um, is a 5k, uh, Thanksgiving. Um, they do a Turkey trot every year. And uh, it's it's way outside my current comfort zone, but I've been pushing myself on the treadmill and starting to actually try to run a little on the treadmill to start building stamina. Um, so that's going to be one of my goals for 2020 is now that I'm getting into shape, um, now I want to do something that I never would have thought I would like volunteer to do, and that's a 5K. So um, I got you know 11 months to, to get ready for it, so I'm, I think I'm going to be okay. You got it. Yeah. But... Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of what I've been doing. I guess sorry, I, I may have went on too many tangents. Is there uh, anything other than baking delicious cookies that I did not get to have because you live in Idaho? <laughs> um, I am a really good baker. Um, anyway, uh, I I'll just segue into what I've been watching. Okay. Um, I hang out i try to once a month hang out with my nephew ira so that his parents can go have a date and you know so we hung out thursday night and we watched the new grinch on netflix yes the uh with starring benedict benedict cumberbatch probably yeah i don't know there was a lot of hip-hop music in it um And then we watched the DreamWorks Christmas. It was like Christmas shorts. Ah, okay. And I'm not like the biggest DreamWorks fan, but I do love How to Train a Dragon. Mm-hmm. And they had one for that movie, and it was so cute. And I just love Toothless. And my little black kitten reminds me of Toothless, which wasn't Toothless based off of a black cat. Probably. Like it's he's mannerisms very, and very, stuff. Yeah, like cat-like. Yeah. So... Uh, and then I've been watching Handmaid's Tale. I'm already, like, halfway through the third season. I don't know if it ends this season. I kind of want to read the book now. Um, obviously, watching things doesn't keep me from afterwards wanting to read the book. But, um, yeah, there are only three seasons right now. Mm. It's very interesting, terrifying. But what about you? Well, um, since we recorded, I went to see Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, I saw that Thursday night, the opening premiere. Um <laughs> I am a, a, I am a 
big big fan of last jedi and people who don't like last jedi baffle me uh, i don't understand a lot of their complaints i understand some of their complaints i don't agree with their complaints but some of their complaints are not irrational some feel very irrational or you know some are just like spiteful or racist or you know sexist um but uh again there are some valid complaints and i don't agree with them but there are some complaints that at least i can okay well i understand why and and I, i still can't understand anybody who says it's a bad movie i can get you don't like the choices that were made versus like i don't think it's a good movie um because it's it's a masterpiece of a film um when you look at it as a film and not necessarily a star wars film which i think it's a great star wars film but i understand again why some people may not like the choices this one is fun um there's good stuff it's a little overwhelmingly chaotic and uh there's also some dumb choices but um despite that i went and saw it again on friday but it was uh, I posted this on the Instagram and I got to take um, I didn't like take they paid for themselves but we um, we had early release Wednesday Thursday Friday last week because we had midterms so each day you had two of your classes and they had midterms in those classes and my sixth period which was the on the Friday midterm they are my um, seniors I've had them all four years for the most part I think there's uh, one student in the class who I've had three years but she is currently in two of my film classes so she could be in the senior film class and then she's also in my journalism class so um uh so even within that group and right now it's 13 um and 12 of my 13 seniors uh came to the mall after school so the school ended at 12 30 we met at the mall at two o'clock and we all went and watched rise of skywalker together because we've watched all the star wars films this year that was our semester one was the first eight films of the saga we did not watch rogue one or solo but we watched the other eight films and it was really cool that they all came they, like literally they're on vacation at that point because school is out at twelve thirty on friday and they chose to come hang out with their teacher and watch a, a nerdy movie and we had a good time um one of my students and his all pretty much i think every single movie he's made in my class he has featured pop tarts um in in the school <laughs> yes and so he brought a box of Pop-Tarts to the movie. Um, and if you look at the picture I posted, he's holding the box of Pop-Tarts in the picture, uh, which is hilarious um, and on brand. And then uh, they're all wearing their uh, Rise of Burkbuster shirts, which is our Film Academy shirt this year. Um, so it was it was just a good time. And, it, like, you know, we took up uh, a whole row. And this was in one of the big theaters. A uh, whole row mm. plus the four side seats because, you know, like they have the – the our theater is still old school seating style but we have like i guess it's 10 seats across and then there's two like sets of four on the sides on the left and right in the big theaters so we took up a whole row and then four seats on the side um to fit everybody in and so that was fun and my daughter came too uh so she saw it twice also we went thursday night together then we went again friday night that's fun Um, yeah so um and then uh so i saw rise of skywalker twice um, I watched our movie club. Oh, I watched White Christmas over like two days because I've been trying to fit in some Christmas movies and I just haven't been able to. Um, and I love White Christmas. Uh, it's it's one of my favorites. I've yet to watch It's a Wonderful Life. I will probably do so tomorrow. Um, like, and at some point tomorrow I will watch A Christmas Story, um, for sure. But uh, last night I I stayed up till almost three in the morning watching the movie for the movie Holy club sh- podcast. Um, yeah, I think it was two forty-five when I finally made it into our be- uh, into bed last night. Um, 
and partly I kept having to pause it for different things. Like, and some of it was Kathy and Taylor were both up late also, so they kept coming in and asking me questions or whatever. But um, this morning I got up and found out that our movie theater uh, today and tomorrow are having like really early screening. So at ten ten this morning I went and saw Cats. Um, uh, uh, mm, uh, it's it's yeah. My review will be up in a few days. Uh, it's mostly bad, um, but. I was moved by a series of songs, because uh, that it, it moves from like song to song. Like there's barely, um, like the plot in the movie is is obnoxiously told to you or sang to you. Uh, there's not like any kind of real. It, it's definitely a play still, even though it is a film. Like they're still telling you what's happening. Um, but uh, Jennifer Hudson plays one of the cats and. Uh, her song is like the most iconic song I think from the musical which is Memories it was the only song I knew before seeing the movie um, and I only know it because in School of Rock uh, Vanessa Cosgrove's character sings like part of it before Jack Black shuts her down um, and makes her the manager <laughs> and um, it, but man Hudson's uh, vocals are insane and that got me excited because have you do you know what movie Vanessa or sorry what's her name Jennifer Hudson is doing um, next year. Mm-mm. She is doing the Aretha Franklin biopic Respect, and uh, this that her performance in this movie just got me excited for that because her, her vocals are super powerful. Um, so I'm I'm hoping and the there was a trailer for Respect in front of Cats, so like it, those two things together, I was like okay. Um, but so like she sings the first time she sings Memories, I think she sings it three times, and like the first time's like part like it gets interrupted and then she sings and then it's like a really really powerful performance um towards the end but in the middle of the it's like the, i think it's the second time she sings it the first time she sings the full song um that's then followed by the lead character vanessa victoria singing and i don't remember which her song was but it was fine but that leads into a ian mckellen performance and it, i really liked his his it's i wouldn't say he's singing as much as he's like rhythmically speaking but it's great like i really enjoyed those three and they were all back to back and then i absolutely hated rebel wilson um it, it is in a, a just a horrible performance um in so many ways and james corden's performance also uh not great they're, they're like they don't their characters feel tonally like they're in a different movie like their their comedy doesn't feel like it's supposed to be there and it's just i, I didn't i didn't like it but oh um, my god she does like the match.com commercials now and so i have the poor people hulu and hulu knows that they have got a really good thing with handmaid's tale and so i feel like i have to watch commercials every five minutes yep um and yeah she does match.com commercials and they're just so obnoxious like yeah i definitely don't ever want to date it now thank you (laughs) the last thing i've been watching um i threw on uh while i was um cooking dinner tonight i made or i was dinners it was like really late lunch because i had to eat before i went to work at five um because <laughs> I, I wasn't getting a lunch break tonight and uh so i watched how the grinch stole christmas the ron howard version um while i was getting stuff ready um cause again trying to fit in some christmas movies as i can and i've seen all of them so i'm just throwing them on in the background and doing other stuff while i am enjoying the uh christmas atmosphere although that's i don't like doing that with this wonderful life because i love that movie so 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 much oh um, it's good but I'm going to end up having to because I'm like looking. I'm planning tomorrow to go see early Richard Jewell, the uh, Clint Eastwood I want to see that. Um, 
and then uh, Uncut Gems is actually coming to our theater tomorrow. Um, uh, I think. So I was hoping to squeeze that in too, but. I don't really. I mean, I've seen five thousand million gazillion bajillion uh, trailers for it, but I feel like it's the most money ever spent on advertising an A twenty four film. It's possible. Um, the Safdie brothers. Uh, you saw Good Times, right? Or Good oh yeah. Time? Um, the yeah. same directors and I really really like Good Time so I'm very excited about this and generally speaking Adam Sandler's more serious performances have been very very good uh, I still have not seen Punch Drunk Love but that is one of his most acclaimed performances so I very much want to watch it I just haven't and it, I didn't have room for it when we did our um, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson movies because I had so many on the gap list that it didn't make it onto the, the month and I just haven't gone back to it yet but um, I'm excited to see it and I've heard from people I know I've heard mixed things but from the general critical consensus it seems like it's getting a lot of praise um, which I think is a good segue Corey into our movie for the, the last of the year uh, I can't handle it Her Smell um, 2018 uh, directed by Alex Ross Perry this is the first Alex Ross Perry film that I have seen um, and he's now a filmmaker that um, I am familiar with mostly from uh, his episodes on Blank Check Podcast, which is my favorite podcast at the moment. Um, I want to watch some of his other films. Apparently, he's worked with Moss a few other times, including Queen of the Earth, Queen of Earth, excuse me. Um, and I think, oh no, I don't see her on this one. Um, oh, a lot of good cast though. Uh, maybe listen up, Philip. Because I, I read an article about this movie. Yeah, she's in, um, oh, listen to Philip with Jason Schwartzman. That's a must watch for me because I love him. Oh, and Kristen Ritter's in it too. I like her as well. Yeah, I need to watch his other stuff. But um, Her Smell is from this year. Uh, officially 2018, but it was released in, I think, April of this year. Um, wide, uh, or, or May, I'm sorry, May of this year. Um, stars Elizabeth Moss, Cara Delevingne, Dan Stevens, Agnes Dane or Dean Gail Rankin who I didn't know by name but once I saw her I definitely recognized her and she's in stuff um, oh, she's in The Greatest Showman and she's in The Meyerowitz Stories which I love um, oh and she was in Glow that's where I really know her from because Glow I well the first season of Glow I watched um, Ashley Benson Dylan Galula and that's pretty much the main characters oh I guess that guy's important Ika Darville he plays the shaman figure in this oh and eric stoltz who's way underbilled considering his significance because he's the manager and he's in like most of the movie um and then amber heard plays zelda uh she's not in it very much but she's a known actress um the premise of the film a self-destructive punk rocker struggles with sobriety while trying to recapture the creative inspiration that led her band to success uh 69 metascore um i meant to send you an article before we did this and then i got totally distracted never did but um i'm watching this movie if you don't mind if i start i guess Corey. no um i'm watching this last night very late again very very late like i think i started it at like 12 45 or something like um and it's two hours and 15 minutes and um within like i and oddly i end up texting uh with big tuna throughout the movie which i usually don't do but he was watching something also very late last night so we were like messaging back and forth um, and within like the first few minutes, I was very, very like uneasy, like not, it's clearly what he wants you to feel. Um, and, uh, I, by the second, 
act, I started noticing a a Shakespearean feel to the movie. Um, it was reminding me like the the characters monologue a lot, and they're very the di- I love the dialogue and um, or the monologue like the I love the writing of the, the what the people are saying in the film um, because she is this punk rocker, but she comes off way smarter than she behaves. Um, and she's like super spiritual and there's this like shaman guy and um, the movie gave me uh, it reminded me of Shakespeare and it reminded me of Danny Boyle's Steve Jobs um, in that if you you've seen Steve Jobs right oh yeah so Steve Jobs is set up in three different time periods um, and we witness the whole scene takes place during real time of this like moment before this big event and that's essentially how this film's broken down except there's five sequences but each one plays out in real time where you're watching every minute of that moment and them getting ready to go on stage basically um or to record an album or something along those lines i don't want to get into like spoilers but um so as i'm i'm noticing this and i'm i'm picking up on these things i googled um her smell Shakespeare that's I just googled that because I was curious to see if anyone else had picked up on it and the first thing I found was an article from uh April of this year that Alex Ross Perry explains her smell his five-act Shakespearean punk tragedy so he wrote it with that in mind um and uh once I read that I was like okay well I totally get what he's going for with this movie and it made it even better to me because it is so unique and it's um it really allows uh, Elizabeth Moss to just demonstrate how brilliant of an actress she is. Um, she showcases so much emotion in her face. Uh, you you really know what her character is thinking and going through. Um, and man, when she snaps in the few scenes where she like snaps, it is you see it coming, and it is terrifying. Um, and with that is perry's filmmaking um i haven't looked at who the dp was but um and again i haven't seen any of his other films so i have no basis of comparison if this is something he does in his other movies or not but the way he chooses to shoot the sequences um very much impact what you're supposed to be feeling uh the score is unsettling from three of this these early scenes um sequences and uh i was i was severely very uh impressed with this movie um I, I definitely I won't say it's like a good experience in the sense that I don't think the beginning you're supposed to think it's good because you are feeling her falling apart her descent um, each sequence opens with a uh, like like uh, stock footage of them like back in the day so it's like a flashback it's filmed at a different aspect ratio it looks like it's home video um, and that sets the tone for the scene we're about to, to experience um, something there is going to be mirrored here but in a tragedy so like the found footage or the stock footage of them like are their triumphs and then we see the current state of of the band um and time moves quite a bit over the course of the film but um it's all a tragedy to a point i i don't think him calling it his shakespeare punk tragedy is accurate completely because i think i think uh where shakespeare's tragedies end with no good nothing positive uh i think that he gives us something to hope for at the end of this movie um without getting into specifics or spoilers um but i enjoyed it i i can definitely see why people may not have i will say once it started i was very concerned um that i 
picked another movie Corey hated. So I'm curious, Corey, what did you think of First Milk? I hated it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hated it a lot. Um, I try not to be on my phone when I'm watching movies. Um, I was really trying to get through it because it did seem like you were trying to watch it last night. Um, Bill watched it with me. I don't feel like... I don't... I think that they did a good job portraying emotion in the movie. I feel like... uh, They... I don't know. I feel like... And I remember hearing about this movie because I really like a musician or a band called Bully. And I had forgotten that she, Alicia Bagnano, um, wrote all the original music for this movie. And even then I was not interested. And what reminded me is there's a particular song in this movie. And I'm like, holy heck, that sounds just like a Bully song. And then I, I like Googled and you know was reminded of that and i still i just wasn't even interested in watching this movie when i heard about it why is i don't it's just not it doesn't seem like an interesting story to me the idea of a a band that falls apart because of drugs and poor decision making like (laughs) yeah they're just nothing i feel like it's just tired I mean, I, I can see that as in that it is a trope, although I, I don't know that we've seen it from a female perspective. Um, and, uh, and you know what I felt like they were trying, who they were trying to channel Courtney in this Love. movie? Yeah. Yeah, that's... I like, uh, oh, I, so... The, I, and, uh, in the article that I, I wish I had you read, um, Alex expresses that, that it is not based on Courtney Love. However, she is kind of the poster child of this era of grunge punk pop music. Um, especially for drug abuse, right? Like that's she became that kind of a, a joke at points. I mean, I don't remember which one of the roasts she was on. I think it was the Pamela Anderson roast on Comedy mm-hmm. Central, or like it, it, people ended up roasting her more than the people they were supposed to be roasting because she's like whacked out on drugs. Um, and I definitely can see why someone would uh, initially jump to that, but I, I think um, Alex is very versed in music like reading the article and again while i've not seen his films i've listened to him talk about films on blank check and he is just i love listening to him talk movies like he's clearly a a man like edgar wright or like um oh i just went blank on another director who i love listening talk about films but i love well ryan johnson um who i think like they are oh and sean baker too sean baker uh has a letterbox account and he constantly talks about like movies I love hearing filmmakers who are passionate about it as an academic sense as well. And that's what I feel like Alex Ross Perry is. And this is, he definitely sets out to do something very specific and I can totally see why you may not vibe with it. It is, again, it's an uncomfortable movie. In some ways it reminds me of good time um, because it is shot in very tight close up and uh, feels a little handheld, especially early because we are following them through this moment and it's very intense and she's in your face so literally she's in our face she's filling the screen and the camera's a little shaky there's a lot of like weird like lighting effects that make the visuals like go out of focus and glare um which i think are supposed to be that like if you're on stage and everything is bright and vibrant and you're on drugs and the world is a haze because there's like a slight haze all the way around the edge of the frame 
um, for the first three acts, right? Because, like, act one is um, they're very successful and they're about to play a show, but, like, she's, I would say, like, at the height of her success, but they're starting to have problems because I think they were talking about the uh, European tour got canceled suddenly and she's now making excuses like, oh, no, it's really what I want. And then, like, Zelda offers to let them open, and she, like, scoffs at the idea, like, why would we open for you? We're, you know, something she or whatever. I think that's what they're called, right? Something she. Yeah. Um, and it starts with the, the band standing under the sign for her smell. Like, that's, I think, that's supposed to be the name of the club they're playing. Um, because that's also where it ends at the end of the film, which that's, I guess, technically. May, let's get into spoilers. Corey didn't like yes. it. I liked it a lot. We'll get into spoilers before I actually, I guess I thought we were spoilers. <laughs> I know. I was like trying to just be quiet. But anyways, guys, from here on out, we're going to talk about her smell in great detail. You have been warned. So five acts, right? Um, act one is that, that moment. Uh, and it was divided. And then I think act two, they are starting to fall apart. And the band is, um, I think they're still, it's before a show again. And that's the one where she... Well, the end of the first one really stresses me out when she takes the baby and then you hear her fall and the baby hit the ground and, like, she's busted her head open and that's kind of where it ends. Um, it just every time she t- picked up her kid in that scene, I was so stressed out because the, there's that weird shaman guy, like, prancing around her and there's definitely some commentary, which you've heard about, like, musicians, like, finding weird religions or, you know, whatever. Um, not or, to call yeah, any religion uh, weird, but... They seem to gravitate towards not your huge run-of-the-mill yeah. mill kind of, They're eccentric, you know. and they require, like, usually, like, having your own, like, personal, like, shaman, for example, um, like, who's just with you all the time. Like, it's very... Uh, in fact, in Silicon Valley, uh, Galvin has, like, that guy who, like, follows him around. He's, like, a, a guru or whatever, you know? Um, and then you find throughout the seasons that he's, like, just there for the money kind of thing. And it's, like, that's kind of the vibe you get here as well. Um... I can't. I, I didn't do good enough notes. I feel like there's another act before they get to the studio. I think studio's act three, because um, that's where the band like breaks up. Because I feel like there's the first thing is the the concert where like the band's slowly falling apart. Then the second thing, they're still together, but there's there's some infighting and it's starting to show. And then the the third act is they're in the studio recording, but they've been there longer than they were supposed to be. Well, isn't the isn't the second act the one where I'm going to forget the name, but, um, Becky, isn't her name Becky? Yeah. Yeah. Me... Becky. Um, that she, they like get into a physical altercation, her and mm, Mari or I, yeah, one of them, I think she it's gets into a physical, physical yeah. altercation with them. Yeah. I think that is the one. And Allie somebody gets arrested. With, she gets arrested, um, and walks out on stage. Right. And then like, she's like, freaking out on stage about it and she's in handcuffs and then she collapses at the end of that one off the stage um and the bodyguard's just like what the hell um not the bodyguard i guess he's like the bouncer or whatever because he's not a cop but he's cuffed her or at least he's not wearing a police uniform if he's a cop but um yeah i think that is the second act third act is the recording studio where now the band everybody leaves but we also meet the new band that stars cara delavine um as the drummer and then two other actresses uh, who are... I don't know why this part reminded me of, like, Jim and the Holograms, and I'm forgetting the, like, off the, the top of my head, dolls. but the Bad Girl Band. No! It's not the Pussycat Dolls, but it's the bad 
the bad it's like storm and i don't know why it reminded me of that because these girls huh. seem very nice actually yeah um they're supposed to be punk but they that was one of the things i really liked about this is like i think in any other fictional film this band comes in and they're real snotty bitches and they're like get out of here old lady but instead they're like clearly fans and in fact every other musician is so kind to her that was something i really yeah. really liked about it is that none of it felt like melodramatic or over the top except for becky but becky was over the top because she was flailing she was uh, you know addicted to drugs she was she it was clearly messing with who she felt comfortable with and her trust. Um, and that's what I was trying to build to by rushing through those three acts was act four because cinematically act four is so different than the rest of the film because that is the camera work, the editing all follows Becky's like emotional state. And in act four, she is uh, clean. I think for the first, like it's been a year almost. Um, and she's living in like a house by herself and it's very quiet the camera is far away it's no longer in close-up we're in mid shots or long shots um it, it is very steady we are we are not moving very much and then it um her daughter and and her ex-husband who is i guess he's uh he's a radio dj and so they have some kind of connection They're played by dan stevens who i am a big big fan of dan stevens everything he shows up in uh he's in the guest he's really good hate him in beauty and the beast but that's not his fault that movie sucks um He's in something else that I really, really liked. Uh, oh, Colossal. He's in Colossal, which I love Colossal. Um, but I, I liked him a lot, and I think he's really good in this movie. I think he's very uh, quiet and subtle. But he brings the daughter, who's now much older, which she starts as... That's, again, we're using the child as a way of kind of seeing how that's... long we've been in the movie. Okay, good. I was like, is that the... Am I the only person that that's the only way I could keep up? No, like, I, oh, so I think it's by intention. Um, it's a very okay. smart way of letting us keep up with time. Uh, there's another movie that does that as well recently that I saw where it jumps a lot, and the the child is the easiest way to keep track of where where we are in time. Because um, now, she, like we meet her, she's a baby, like very very young baby, and now she's probably six or seven, I would think. Um, when this scene takes place, which is this is my favorite sequence in the film for sure. Um, it's definitely the part where I finally felt connected to Becky, and I think that's also by design. I think she's playing aloof. She's keeping everyone at a distance. She acts like she's close with everyone and loves everyone, but um, I think she's afraid of them seeing through her, and so she keeps everybody kind of guarded, and now well, it's opening up. I think also just having to own up to all the things that she did to everyone. Yeah. Uh... She's very, very vulnerable in this sequence. Um but I, so the, my favorite part's the the piano part where the little girl oh, no. the song. Not the whole song. I hated that scene. I was like, why did you need to play the whole song? I think that they could have cut so much time out of this movie. Oh. Like taking unnecessary. We don't need the whole song. I don't agree with that at all. I think the whole song. One, I I like uh, when music movies play the songs, and then two, um. I think the the emotion behind that sequence is so powerful. Uh, and again, I'm not I know you're you aren't wanting to have children. So maybe you don't have that parental like connection there to that sequence. I get anytime there's a parental type moment since I've been a dad, it always lands pretty hard for me unless I think it's done poorly. I think this is done um, amazing. And when that little girl says she played the song just for me, it crushed me i thought it you know because especially when you think back to how she's been 
how like the kid was literally at one point in the first sequence she calls for the kid to follow her like a dog did you see that like she had no she hands the baby back to somebody else keep in mind it's a baby can't walk and she's like, come on, honey, and taps her, like, her thighs, like, with both hands, like, oh, you're calling hell. a dog. And I'm like, holy shit, this woman has no clue what she has. She doesn't understand how to be I... a mother. And to the scene that Which we just... see where she plays the piano, it's significantly different. I, um, I don't think that they did a very good job. I feel like we came into the middle of her arty, like being a hot mess and then all of a sudden she's clean i feel like all of that i feel like with stories like this so much of the emotion is like when they realize that they need to get clean and when they are getting clean i feel like that's where so much of this was lacking it was just like oh she's crazy and you know um, Whatever, I, I and now like all of what, a sudden she's clean. What you're describing would be like a paint-by-numbers kind of biopic, and that's not what I think this is going for. So I can see what you're saying, and you're right. A lot of movies do that, and that's where I think it becomes unnecessary to do it because we know those beats. We know that it's there. We understand Oh, she must have realized it. And we see her hit rock bottom a couple of times. The band leaves her. The band that, you know, it's her only But she doesn't family. care because of the drugs though she she totally cares and that's what i think that scene four um at, at the house where it's quiet where everything changes and again i think the filmmaking being masterful with that emotion and and it's it is showing us without telling us what's going on because it changes with her i i, I think the the camera work and the editing mirrors her emotional state and i think that is significant um when you look at it as a film as it being made purposefully artistically um it's doing so much of the work that other movies would feel the need to drone on an exposition or have a scene where i can't do this anymore and we didn't get that scene because we know that scene um and again it is episodic like in steve jobs you don't see all the in-between stuff you just see that moment and some of that in-between stuff is filled in with dialogue because it's an aaron sorkin script and so aaron sorkin loves walk and talks that's his uh, mo um, you get a lot of that in Jobs. Uh, Alex Ross Perry wrote his own script here. He definitely was going for... And again, if that article, I think, focuses on him pondering why we don't do stories like this anymore in the form that Shakespeare did his stories. And I, I used to not enjoy a Shakespearean play. Um, before I started teaching, honestly, I, I hated Shakespeare when I was in high school and... It wasn't until I had to teach Romeo and Juliet that I started to finally appreciate Shakespeare. And I've not gone back and reread Hamlet or Macbeth since I, I've appre learned to appreciate it, but I read those when I was in school. Um, and I, I, even though I have not read them in a long time, I still felt the Shakespeare in this movie, um, especially her monologues, especially a lot of the themes that she was playing around with the, the spirituality and uh, her God complex that she has in the, when she's high on drugs. Um, and it's, it's a combination because I think she's high on drugs, but she's also high on fame, you know, because at some point she was this like icon and 
when we're with her she's no longer that icon you know she's not on the cover of the magazines anymore she's not getting sellout crowds they're playing they keep they've mentioned in passing a few times that they used to play big venues and now they're playing bars again um and you you see the fall through those those little details and again there is some exposition because this is a talkie movie there's no there's no question about that um but what they're saying is more about character and less about plot it's not setting up all these details it's just informing you who these people are and their relationships with one another and and um it's very small when you really look at the film it's a very small scale film and a lot of stuff happens um within it but all of what's happening is character development or and again heavily focused on becky uh she is our our entry point she is what we're there for everything's happening around her um or to her or she is causing the chaos that everyone else is having to deal with um but i i found it interesting as a kind of throw up to the time period and uh to the the industry because i do think there's some flaws with the music industry she's when she's in that that kind of somber scene four which i do think makes the movie to me scene four is the scene that i was completely like i love this i think this is great um again obviously i'm not convincing you of that and i i don't need to um i don't think this movie's for everybody um i do think there's some really great filmmaking being done here i think there's some amazing performances um and to be fair one one thing we've learned about you over the last three years of doing this podcast you don't i feel like you don't like really negative vibe movies and this movie has a pretty negative vibe throughout um remind me i I know i feel like i've already asked this on this episode you like good time or no yeah i like good time because that that is a a fatalistic film as well where everything kind of goes negative and bad um and I feel like has some of the same intensity of this movie, although that movie is plot centric. I feel like that one was way more like anxiety, yes, inducing. Like it's not a movie I want to watch again anytime soon, but I enjoyed it. But I think part of that is because of the plot. Um, you know, there's tension built into the plot because he's trying mm-hmm. to do this and get this, and there's police after him, and he's trying to get his brother out of jail, and blah blah blah. There's there's all these things that are driving it. This movie is not doing that at all. It's literally what's happening to the character now. This is what's happening to the character now. This is what's happening to the character. And the the plot is the rise and well, the fall and re re rise of a rock star, or at least an attempted re rise. Which that's the interesting thing because where the movie ends, because um, the movie begins with an encore. That's the thing I left out in scene one. Scene one is they've already played the show. And now there's an encore that the the fans are calling for. And they go out and they play the Mm -hmm. encore, which I thought was an interesting place to start. They've already played a set and we see how much the fans love them, that they want them to come back out and do one more song. Um, And they do the one more song. And then we see all the drug addled craziness and she gets, you know, hits her head and whatever. The movie ends with her playing uh, the first song in years, a really cool speech. She brings out all the, the, the other girls and they all perform together. And it's very, I like the performance. I like the song kind of i don't love a lot of the music to be honest in the movie but that's just a taste thing um punk music that isn't polished which is real punk music often doesn't work for me because i like things to feel finished and and not so rough around the edges and a lot of punk music feels very rough around the edges 
um i love pop punk because most pop punk is very polished like blink 182 super polished right like everything feels produced in studio quality and i guess you could argue tom's voice isn't super polished but everything mark's voice is super polished like super you know clean crisp good voice um so I didn't love the music, but I, I do appreciate the music in this, and I like the last song, and I love the song on the piano, even though you wish they hadn't sung the whole thing. Um, but they they go off stage and they want an encore, and she says, "I'm done." And so yeah, the, I go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say the question becomes: Is she done with music? Is she done with life? Is she done for the evening? Like it, it's very open ended I... on purpose. Yeah, I kind of I appreciated that a lot though, and I did think that it was just her knowing her limits now. So I didn't take it like necessarily that she's done with the career as a whole, but yeah, they get her, what they get, and they don't throw a fit. <laughs> I like that your your phrasing there is spot on. I think is knowing her limits, not pushing herself past that her comfort zone, because um, that whole scene I kept waiting for it to be a true tragedy, because there's so much temptation. And, well, and they're trying to, like, build that, too, because mm -hmm. they lose her. Yes. But she's standing by the stage ready to go on at any point. But she and... also looks like something's wrong when she's standing by the stage. The way she's standing, and, you I... know, it's, it was nerve-wracking. Yeah, and I can't imagine, um, like, I don't like talking in front of people. I don't like a lot of people to look at me. Um, so I can't imagine doing that as my job. And I understand that a lot of people that make music love music and everything, but it's still their job. And I can't imagine a lot of musicians do drugs, and I know that some of that's a temptation and the cash and all that stuff. But also, maybe it's a buffer to deal with, I don't know, Yeah, for sure. being in front of all those people and, mm. you know, and I don't know. So I, I, I loved that that because i was waiting for them to find her somewhere doing drugs or yeah you know and it's, they were like it, the other groups were like inviting her to come in and join them and stuff to do that and she's like no 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 um so i liked that ending a lot yeah i think it's it's a very strong redemption ending um and i don't know if it's redemption like people are accepting people love you maybe no matter what like if you were if you show that you're willing to try to change what you're doing wrong that people will your family will always love you and, and take you back in. and yeah and your family is very obviously loosely used there because it's not blood it's it's the people who have been a big part of her life and i totally relate to that um i have mm -hmm. my friends have always been my family and um especially not i i am an only child for the most part um or at least through most of my life that was my understanding that i was an only child and so you know, my friends were my brothers, my or my sisters, depending, and, um, so I totally relate to that. And I was a musician, you know, for f fifteen of my years of my life, and, um, the band was especially important. And, um, you know, there's a betrayal element here. I, I think from Mariel, I think that's how you say her name, uh, Mara. I think is what they they abbreviated it to, um where she she defended her defended her defended her defended her and finally the she basically becky basically said i wrote all the music and that i think was like the final straw um and i you know i was uh one of my bands i was living with one of the the members like we we had um a two it was like a 
garage that they converted into an apartment. And so it was two bedrooms and a living room, like, divided the two bedrooms. It felt very much like a college dorm room. Oh, wow. And, um, like, there was uh, walls, but, I mean, it was, like, that's how it was spaced. Like, one room was on one side of the house, the other room was on the other side of the house, and in between was, like, the dining room slash living room. And it was just this big, like, square uh, or rectangle divided into three spaces, basically. And um, so, like, one of the band members was living in that room, and I was living in the other room, and the band practiced in our dining room. So, like, there was no dining room table. It was, like, the drums were always there and the bass amps and everything. And um, this was one of my early bands before. We, we really never did anything except for play parties and stuff. And I was super naive and didn't realize why they would be awake at 3 a.m. cleaning the house. You know, I thought they just yeah. stayed up late. Um, and uh, they were they were my family. Like, we lived – like, we literally lived together. Even uh, – officially only lived with one of them. Like, two of them were always around, even if they – like, they might just crash on the couch or whatever. And – I had no idea that they were doing drugs, like heart, like like coke or meth or I don't honestly know because again I'm still fairly naive to the whole thing. It was something that kept them up very late and was affordable for their no money having selves. And um, I'd even found things that should have pointed out that they were doing drugs and trusted them enough. Where like, oh no, someone else must have left that or whatever. I'm like, okay, um, because we were a family. So like when I found out. Um, I cut all of them out of my life for a long time and I did slowly mm-hmm. let them back in um, you know as they they proved to me that they had cleaned up or had stopped using um, and so I, I definitely connected with elements of the story um, I was never a drug user nor was my band ever this level of success mind you like any of the bands I was in the most we ever you know we played some big shows we've opened for some national bands but that was all local and that's what we did we just played where we were um but i still feel like the the bars that she they were playing in when we see them are the level of bars that i was playing in just in florida you know um sometimes they were packed sometimes there was five people but they were you know small venues they were never like with the exception of maybe one or two they were never massive venues and again even those massive venues are for like a local band not massive for like a touring act like they were at some point they're not arena shows but i still like that connection with the other musicians i definitely connected with here and so maybe that is part of why this movie clicked so hard for me it's definitely um i fortunately was never in the position where i was addicted to drugs but i've witnessed other people and people i cared about their lives be changed or altered severely because of the choices they made with substances. So I definitely could connect to aspects of this film and, um, in a lot of ways. Um, so yeah, uh, it, it worked for me a lot. Um, I definitely want to watch Alex Ross Perry's other films. Elizabeth Moss had already proven to me to be an actress that I wanted to see more of. And this movie just, uh, exemplified that. I think she's so good in this. Um, because I hated her the first two acts, but like not her, not the actress, but I hated um, Rebe- Becky or whatever. Thought she was awful. And then who is she to make fun of somebody being named Tiffany when her name is Becky? Right. I'm um, just like, who are you? Well, and she's she's one of those like she comes off very pseudo intellectual, where she she has a lot of information she can spout out and sound very very smart, but her behavior and her um, mannerisms make prove otherwise and i have been around a lot of people with that are alcoholics and whatnot and so i get very uncomfortable in real life especially like around like drunk people who are clearly a little more aggressive because of it you know some people are like happy drunks 
and then some people are ready to snap at, at anything you do like anything that isn't what they want they will snap and maybe try to fight you or whatever and i get very very uncomfortable in those moments and there's a lot of moments like that in the first couple of uh scenes where she is like you you can tell she's one one wrong statement away from snapping and hurting somebody or herself and uh i was it made me kind of uncomfortable and again i feel like that's what i was supposed to feel um much like you said with good time like it's a really well-made movie i don't know how much of it i can sit through again i kind of want to watch the fourth act again because i love that quiet contemplative moments uh where she's recovering but and i think that um i don't want to miss sell bully with you know that i don't know because that song where she plays it for Mari mm-hmm. um, in the fourth act, that's where I was like, holy hell, this sounds like Bully. That, like, ah. quiet, her playing on the acoustic guitar, um, which she's not a quiet acoustic guitar type of musician, Bully, but... Um, How do you spell Bully? B-U-L-L-Y. Oh, okay. Like, okay. Sorry, like I know how to spell it, like, traditionally. I thought maybe because she's yeah. a musician it was weird, but... Yeah, um, I love her. She was on my top albums of last year, I think. Um, I thought so. I, I felt like maybe I remember hearing about it. Yeah, and I've seen her a couple times now too. But um, it, that I think the, like those lyrics and that delivery was that was a really good song. But the rest of it, I don't know. It wasn't really my cup of tea either. Well, I I uh, would say I'm going uh, not quite golden for my rating. Um, I hope yours isn't what I feel like it's going to be. <laughs> it actually raised. You see, this is what happens when we talk about movies. Um, I was going to go with Avoid Like the Plague, but I'm actually going to go with Not a Total Waste of Time. Okay. I, I can settle with that. And again, I, I don't think this movie is for everybody. Um, it hit a lot of my sensibilities. And especially, I think Alex Ross Perry is a very intentional filmmaker um, who has studied film and gets it as an art. And... I have a really strong appreciation for filmmakers like this, um, and I, I encourage you to give it a try, um, especially if it's if it's available on something. I don't know that it's streaming anywhere for free yet, but you can rent it on Prime for very cheap right now. It's like two bucks to rent, um, and I think it's worth a go. Uh, if you've seen, if you've watched um, Handmaid's Tale and you think Elizabeth Moff is talented, I say give this movie a, a chance understand that it's not a story driven or a plot driven film it is a character study um and that it is going to make you uncomfortable probably and that's what it's trying to do i think it is a film that um will push your your normal viewing this is not a film that would it's not meant to play to all audiences um but if you uh as Corey pointed out the the courtney love connection um it is there even like when she's like super cleaned up and like a little bit glam at the end before that with that last show you know after Courtney Love got clean that's totally I don't know yeah I mean I I think Courtney Love is kind of the epitome but um and Alex did not deny that she may have influenced some of it but he said like he lists several bands that I don't know um so uh, you might be more familiar with but I'm going to send you that article. I do uh, recommend you read it. It might even add a little more uh, connection for you. Um, but uh, that's the episode, folks. Um, 
her smell 2018 officially 2019 and um we'll be back in 2020 with our next theme um which we're going to be doing uh stanley kubrick films to start us off for the year uh four kubrick films that we've never at least one of us have never seen but i think in this case we've not seen any of the four except you have seen clockwork orange i tried to okay um i have not it's one of my biggest gap list movies. Oh, uh, no. Um, I tried to read it. Sorry. Yes, I knew you tried to read it. Uh, oh, so you've not seen it at all. Okay. No, I've just seen, like, very, very, very small, like, very super small clips. Well, our first movie for the year is going to be The Killing um, from Stanley Kubrick, and that is currently available to stream on Prime. We'll be doing A Clockwork Orange the week after that. Paths of Glory, which is currently our hardest one to get a hold of. We can rent it, uh, but it is a Criterion release, so it's not... Uh, easy to get street uh well it's not free to get at all it's like 15 bucks to buy um and then uh eyes wide shut uh kubrick's last film um one that i've not gotten to uh and have been meaning to we i considered barry linden but it's long and it's a period piece and i just i just generally don't like period pieces um so i went with eyes wide shut which is controversial in a lot of ways and the tom and nicole tom cruise and nicole kidman i think their last movie before they get divorced um possibly as a result of this movie but um next year we've got a lot of cool topics i'm just going to kind of briefly let you hear what we're looking at um in february we're going to do love antosha which will be anton yelchin films uh march we're doing phoenix rises which will be uh river phoenix movies uh, that we've not seen um then we're going to do murphy's law Brittany murphy uh both of those are in the, the idea of actors who left us too early um so Brittany murphy and uh river phoenix um, we're going to be returning to Minton Box in May, which is uh, movies that Corey and I own but have never watched. Um, the Truth is Out There uh, is going to be our June theme where we look at documentaries, something we've not done much on this podcast. Uh, Corey's been ultimately averse to them in the past and has said, let's do this. We're diving into some docs. Um, small Screen in July where we watch uh, originals to streaming services, which could include Disney+, Plus, Hulu, Prime, or um, Netflix, of course. Uh, August, we're doing Speaking My Language, which is foreign films, uh, something both Corey and I, I think, have many, many on our gap list, and we need to check some off. Um, we're going to be re- returning to Martin Scorsese in September. Um, hopefully, I'll have seen Irishman by then. If not, it might end up on this list. Um, right. I keep putting it off. Uh, I'm going to try to watch it this week. Um, October, we're doing I'll Show You Scary. Those are going to be scary movies that are in the Rotten Tomatoes Top 100 that we have not seen. Um november love stinks those are uh, movies about love not always being the best thing sometimes it's not a good thing it doesn't always work out and then we're going to end the year like we did this year through the cracks which we have no idea what movies those will be because who knows what we're going to miss in the year 2020 i know what i'm not going to miss and that is uh tenet the new christopher nolan film which is currently i think my most anticipated movie for the year because i am a huge nolan nerd and uh i can't wait to see what this movie is the new trailer is phenomenal oh um, i haven't seen it yet oh it's so good uh and john uh, john david washington denzel's son who is in black Klansman, is the lead and robert pattinson is the co-star i am i'm in for both of those guys uh the movie looks crazy and it's definitely got michael Caine in it which is a christopher nolan trope which is so weird but it is it's he's in almost every one of nolan's films except for the first three um uh, insomnia fo- following which nobody's in following and uh memento but then Kane's in like every other film after that um 
so I, I'm excited for that next year. There's one more movie that I'm super stoked about. Oh, the Lin-Manuel Miranda musical that's coming out next year. I'm, I'm pumped for which I know you hate musicals, so whatever, but. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah, which we learned when we did the month of musicals and Corey hated every second of it. We already knew. We already knew, but I think that you're trying to torture me. I thought we I think you were testing. Otherwise. No, I think you were testing our friendship, the strength of our friendship. <laughs> I'm mean... kidding. You know, uh, I I, I I operate under this theory that uh, people can't hate a whole genre. That when you say you hate, like I hate musicals, you just haven't found the right one for you yet. Um, and I feel like you like West Side Story. It was fine. See, that's that's better than hate. Better than hate. I love that it's just like this compromise. Yeah, you know, I mean, I can't I can't make you love it. Um, I, we've already discussed that I like musicals where the music makes sense. Like if it's about a band or something. Like or musician or Sing Street. Um, Hedwig. Oh, yes. Oh, Hedwig and the Grinch. So good. Um, yeah. And uh, I mean, you could argue her smell, but you didn't like it. So I don't think her smells a musical, but there is music in it. Um, anyways. Uh, that's our episode. We'll be back next year with a whole bunch more movies, uh, slowly checking off our gap list and adding to our massive collections of films because we keep picking things that we don't own and having to buy them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and, uh, but we enjoy doing this podcast. So if you're listening, we are grateful. Um, please tell other people about it. Help, you know, if more people listen. It, it makes it a little more, uh, feasible to continue doing it. Um, again, we're recording. It's 1 a.m. right now. It's, yeah, you're nuts. Um, I'm like, I am. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I didn't mean to keep you up as late. Um, but I've talked a lot this episode, too, so I also apologize for that. But I really, really like this movie. Um, so follow us on social media. I'm at Burke Reviews. Corey? At Corey R. Star. Two hours on the end. And if you like us, please rate and review us. It helps people find the show. Um, and keep watching movies, people. Until the next time we're on here, you need to just do it. Keep keep happening watch them because you know they're great they exist for a reason and we should just keep doing it this is a longer version of my my sign off it's one o'clock <laughs> keep watching movies this has been a burke reviews podcast burkereviews.com do you like movies do you like podcasts or are you just lonely if the answer is yes and even if it's not, then check out the What I Watch Tonight show's filmtastic selection of podcasts covering the entire movieverse. There's something for everyone, so come check it out. More details at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk or from all good podcast providers. <laughs>